You're listening to Speak Your Style, a lifestyle and business podcast hosted by Sasha Bowlby and Liz Toombs. Hello and welcome back. We are thrilled to have Mary Quinn Raymer, president of Visit Lex, with us today to talk about all things Lexington. Now, Mary Quinn, when Liz and I were talking about um, our guests for our podcast, we really wanted to have you on so that we could talk about um, different things that were going on in Lexington for the summer for folks that were maybe thinking about doing a staycation versus traveling. And there's so many different things going on in the Lexington area. Um, so we were hoping maybe you could try to help us, you know, educate, educate us on local attractions and things that are going on. Now I know with COVID-19 going on, a lot of that has possibly changed. So maybe you can touch on that as well. And we'll just kind of let you get started. Well, good morning, ladies. And thank you so much for having me as your guest today. It's great to um, catch up with you all. I, I know for me personally, I have really missed seeing folks. And of course, um, I'm always in the shop. And so I've definitely missed popping around the corner to say hi to you. Um, but yes, you're exactly right. It has been a very different spring for us. And we are looking at a um, summer that's going to look very different than previous summers. That being said, I think there's still a lot to look forward to and be excited about. And I'm, for one, very grateful that we're having, um, you know, warm weather and are able to get out and about because I am sure you both would agree with me that we are very blessed to live in such a beautiful state and a beautiful city. And there's plenty that we can do, even if we are living in this new normal as a result of COVID-19. So um, I'll just ministry has been very hard hit by COVID-19. And unfortunately, we've had a lot of folks that have either been furloughed or laid off. And in response to the shutting down of businesses during April and, and most of May, um, I am very glad to say that our businesses and our industry is very much on the uh, doorstep of reopening. And today actually is a big day for that. So many of our cultural attractions, aquariums, museums, um, distilleries, those are all now in a position to be um, reopened. And I think you'll see people definitely starting to venture out and about and exploring some of the great assets that we have here in Lexington and in the region. So um, we certainly encourage people to help support these travel industry related businesses and help support the local economy by, by visiting these attractions and these restaurants and these hotels. Is there one sector, you know, you talked about restaurants, hotels, attractions. Is there one sector of those over another that you feel like really was so negatively impacted by COVID? Goodness, it's hard to say. Um, all three of them have been deeply impacted. And I know we've, you know, been given so many different statistics over the last eight weeks. And so I try to only use statistics when I feel like they're really helpful. But this particular one, I think, paints a pretty uh, good picture of just how devastating this um, this virus has, you know, been on our industry. We uh, started the month of March as a, as a nation. We started the month of March with 15 million people employed in the hospitality sector, and that includes restaurants and hotels and attractions and transportation companies, et cetera, retail. 
um, we are now looking at seven and a half million people that are still employed. So we've lost half of our workforce. And we have reason to think that in Kentucky, um, we've been even harder hit. And so I'd say that it's fair um, to assume that up until this point, we probably had three quarters of the hospitality industry in Kentucky that's either been furloughed or laid off. So when I say that it's had a devastating impact, I mean, um, I really mean that. That being said, I'm, I'm always quick to point out that we've also um, seen a remarkable resiliency and spirit among hospitality um, employees. And I think there's a great desire to get back to work and to continue offering those fantastic experiences and welcoming people. So uh, we are definitely eager to restart. I'm curious about, you said that um, you had reason to believe Kentucky was even harder hit. Is there something specific that made that so? Um, or can you even tell? Well, I think just based on what we're looking at from labor statistics and what we've seen, um, we think that in this state, it's more like three quarters of the industry either being furloughed or laid off versus the half. I think that has to do probably um, with the fact that our governor has you know, been very cautious and aggressive in his trying to manage, mitigate the virus. And so we, we went on lockdown pretty quickly and we've had um, you know, very strict guidelines associated with reopening. You've definitely seen other states handle their response um, differently. And so I think for those of us in Kentucky, given the fact that we've taken the course that we've, you know, we've been given uh, under Governor Bashir, it's, that's, just, that's just our reality. And I certainly appreciate what Governor Bashir and Dr. Stack both have had to wrestle with and the calls that they've had to make. And I do believe that, um, you know, early on we were wanting to make sure that we were never in a, you know, position of not having enough beds and access to care for those who needed it in our state. So just this is one of those unpleasant, you know, fallouts from, from that kind of action. Now, Mary Quinn, um, kind of skipping a few things, um, can you tell us a little bit about um, Visit Lex and what all you guys do, um, you know, maybe what people can reach out and look for, um, maybe talk about the website. I know um, just this morning I jumped on the website to kind of look around to see all of the different things that you guys offer. And um, I printed out some of the things which I want to talk about a little later, but I mean, there were several things on there I learned about that I had no idea. So can you maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys offer and what people can find? Absolutely. Visit Lex is the official tourism office for the city of Lexington, and we work very closely with um, everyone in the region when it comes to tourism, because we know that people don't necessarily, visitors especially, don't know where our county lines are. So we think that we have a really fantastic product when we all work together. And um, our job is really very simple to market and promote Lexington as the premier destination for your travel needs, be it uh, business, pleasure, meetings, conventions. Um, and we like to showcase the very best of what this community and this region has to offer. So we have two departments at, at Visit Lex, our sales, our sales team, um, which works more on groups and meetings and conventions. And then we have our marketing team, which 
does all the fun stuff of, uh, you know, putting out our ad campaigns, handling our social media. Obviously what you see on the website is a direct result of their efforts. And so we are trying to be the, the definitive resource for how to plan the perfect trip um, in Lexington and, and in the surrounding region. And we are funded exclusively in Lexington through a tax that's collected on overnight hotel stays. So while we are um, technically considered a subcomponent unit of the city, we, uh, we get our revenue from the tax that's collected on overnight hotel stays. So obviously it's been a tough few months for us, but as I've said many times, uh, devastated, not defeated, and very excited that we are now um, ready to really reopen many of these great tourism attractions and invite people back into our community. That's a cool fun fact. I didn't realize that that's how you all were funded was through that tax. Is that kind of a norm in cities across the country or is that unique to Lexington? It is very common that tourism organizations throughout the country are funded through, um, you'll see it referred to as a transient tax or a hospitality tax or a convention tax, but that is typically the way that revenue is driven to um, tourism organizations. So we are, we are much like our counterparts in that sense. Now I was looking on um, the section on your website where it talks about the top 10 things that you can do. Um, do you have a favorite that you suggest to people um, when they're coming in or do you tell them, to, I mean, it would be hard for me. I'd try to do them all um, at one <laughs> visit, but do you have one that, that you suggest more than the other if we've got listeners that maybe aren't from the state or um, sure. familiar with the area? Well, first I would just mention to folks that our web address is visitlex.com and uh, certainly would encourage people to check out that website. It is extensive in terms of what it covers about uh, the area and our attractions. I think, you know, it's it's like at, when you ask the tourism director to pick her favorite thing, it's like asking a mother to pick her favorite child. It's, it's impossible. So what I, um, how I typically respond is that I feel like if you are a first time visitor to Lexington, or even if you've been many times before and you've not done a horse farm tour, you owe it to yourself to do, um, to do one of our signature horse farm tours. Of course, Lexington is known as horse capital of the world. We've got a great racing tradition um, and a great equine tradition. We obviously have the Kentucky Horse Park, which is a gym. We have Keeneland. We have um, probably 450 different thoroughbred farms that are crisscrossed throughout this community and in our surrounding counties. And those, those farm tours offer an opportunity to get up close and personal and to hear the stories and uh, to meet some of these four-legged celebrities. So I think that is something that is, um, you know, really important in terms of understanding sort of the local culture and, and connecting with our land. Um, that being said, personally, one of my favorite things to do is to get in a kayak and get on the Elkhorn uh, Creek. And as a matter of fact, that's what I was doing yesterday afternoon after I got back from the lake. So I, uh, went from one uh, body of water to the other, and uh, anytime I can be on the water, I'm a, I'm, I'm a happy gal. I can appreciate a fellow water lover. Um, I'm with you <laughs> <on that. laughs> 
Um, I was actually pretty impressed with myself when I looked at the top 10 list of things to do. There was only, I only see one that I really haven't hit. And the irony is it's the historic homes in the area. And as right. a decorator, it's a little embarrassing to say that I even, I haven't been to all of those. <laughs> so, um, the historic homes are, are wonderful. They've, uh, as a matter of fact, one of, uh, one weekend, not too long ago, a little bit of cabin fever had set in here at the house and we weren't quite reopening yet. I think it was early May and my husband and I drove out to Waveland. They've got a beautiful property, um, at the Waveland, uh, historic site. Of course you weren't being, you know, there were no tours happening, but they've got gorgeous gardens and a nice little trail that you can take in. And we took a little picnic dinner out there and it was just a nice change of scenery for us. Um, but there's great history to be told at, at the historic homes. Um, very interesting in terms of how these families and these um, stories shaped the city that we now you know, know as Lexington. So I think it's a great opportunity to uncover and perhaps discover some of the history that has made Lexington, Lexington. Have you seen any of these places that are doing tours um, have to get creative with with their typical process so that they can continue to offer that to people when they come? So interestingly, today is the first day that many of these uh, attractions are able to be reopened. And so I have been involved in a lot of conversations with folks in preparation for this day in terms of looking at how they keep people safe and, and offer continue to offer a great experience. I think you'll see a progression of businesses reopening over the next couple of weeks. I would say probably by the 1st of July, we will have most of our tourism attractions reopened. But yes, they are taking great lengths to um, install plexiglass shields and think about the way that they've got people spaced out and capping their uh, group tours to 10 or less and making all sorts of accommodations so that people can feel confident that no matter where they are in that travel experience in Lexington, that they are healthy and, um, you know, being taken good care of. I really appreciate that. I was, um, you know, just as an entrepreneur, hearing how people are, are getting creative and just making some changes so that their, their business can sustain. I have a friend that has a lavender farm down near Somerset and you know this is normally the time of year that they have big events and they've really had to change it up and to your point you know do limited groups um, and instead of doing an event they're just cutting doing the you cut lavender so people can at least still yes. still come and then those um, plexiglass shields I was at State Dock down at Lake Cumberland this weekend and they had those up so that you could stand there and talk to people and um, at first it's just it's strange because you're not used to it, but you know, then once you figure out what's going on, it's just, it becomes the, the norm and it feels more comfortable, I guess. You know, I um, went out to eat for the first time on Friday evening before heading down to the lake. And it was, it, it was interesting quite simply because in many ways it felt just like it always did you know, and it was delightful to be able to go out to eat to support a local restaurant and not have to, you know, fix dinner and or clean up all the dishes. Um, but it was, uh, it was also, there were clearly a lot of efforts taken to make sure that patrons could dine and feel safe. We had our temperature taken when we walked in, we were immediately seated on the patio, the restaurant was delivered 
registered via um, a QR code. You know, clearly everyone that was serving was in a mask. And so I think that we will see a lot of that over, over the next several months, honestly, uh, probably until we, we have a vaccine. So I do think there's tremendous amount of creativity in trying to deliver the experiences we've come to expect, but with that safety and, and health and well-being top of mind. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, amen to the not having to do the dishes, because me and the dishwasher <laughs> are just too close these days. Yes, and I had forgotten how much I love restaurant french fries, but I was delighted to be reminded because you cannot do a french fry like that at your house. One fun thing that um, I had come across was the mural challenge. Uh, yes. That you guys, that I had read about it. I've been seeing the murals out and about. A lot of different ones have been popping up, but I feel like that may be something that people can really you know, something fun to do that they can do outside that there may not be as many restrictions as if they were trying to go, you know, into a distillery tour or, you know, an historic home tour or something like that. That would be something fun um, for people to do um, to get out and about, but be able to see. I mean, some of those are absolutely beautiful. You know, we've been so fortunate over the last five or six years to have just this proliferation of murals that have dotted the landscape of our downtown core in particular, although it's certainly um, spread out from downtown at this point. And we thought that the mural challenge would be a really fun way to give people an incentive to get out and explore. It's an opportunity to, as you mentioned, um, be outside and to take a walk and, um, learn about some of the artists that have helped create these and just adds a lot of color and vibrancy to our downtown and, and on these corridors. And so the mural challenge actually came along before COVID, but we found during COVID-19, especially as we were in those early days of spring and the weather was warm and people were just itching to get out and do things that that was a great way to, uh, it was a great activity that, that families could do together. And we had hundreds of people complete the mural challenge. It was really fun hearing from folks who'd, who'd taken the challenge um, as a family and the, some sent us pictures and all, all kinds of great stuff. So I think that's one of those things that um, will be, you know, certainly something in our, that we'll continue to offer and update as we get uh, new murals. That's pretty fun. It reminds me of the bear hunt that everybody was doing, you know, putting the stuffed animals in your window at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where's Waldo? So um, I think there's one of the things that I feel really grateful about is not just in Lexington, but quite frankly, throughout all of Kentucky, we've got um, such a beautiful state. As a matter of fact, I think in many ways you could call most of the state a park, um, given it's just scenery and um, an abundance of natural resources and so um, I think we're really fortunate that we're able to be out and about and enjoying these these great outdoors right now. I was actually out on the lake yesterday uh, at Cave Run and I could not believe I mean my dad and I have been going over there fishing for years since I was a little girl and I have never experienced the amount of people um, that were over there yesterday and I you know I mean it's a great opportunity for people to get out and you know experience nature but actually 
you know, get out of the house and, you know, go fishing or go boating or whatnot. But it was, it was unbelievable the amount of people uh, that were over there. But I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous over there. Anyway, yes. Lake, so. As a matter of fact, I went to, I went kayaking at Cave Run um, two or three weeks ago and it was beautiful. It was the first time I'd been down there. I've been on the lake, you know, boating, but I'd not ever done kayaking down there. And I was really, it was beautiful. So that's one of the things that I try not to take for granted living here and remember to appreciate just how much scenic beauty we have all around us. And certainly during the summertime, lakes are a popular choice. So do you have your own kayak then, Mary Quinn, or do they offer uh, rentals over there at Cave Run? So I have my own, and I'm not sure about at Cave Run. However, I do know that Kentucky, which operates uh, in Frankfurt offers rentals, both kayaks and canoes. And uh, they've got a very popular stretch of the Elkhorn that they run um, groups on. And it's, it's a great, it's a very easy paddle. So you're not gonna run into, you know, white water or anything that would be, you know, considered too dangerous, uh, but absolutely beautiful. I just think you get a completely different perspective, as you know, on the water than you do from the, from the shore or the banks of the creek. And so that's one of the reasons I think I love doing, I love being in my kayak is just the perspective that you get from the boat versus, you know, being on the, the shore. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I had a friend that went kayaking this weekend and she specifically was talking about wanting to look at Cave Run, but she didn't have her own. So that was just uh, out of curiosity for me. Yeah, I'm not, sh you know, it's a, I, it's worth, it's worth looking up because my guess is there probably is an outfitter down there that could provide that rental. I yeah. just don't have it off my head. Well, and you know, us talking about all of this outside activity, while COVID is terrible, I do think a silver lining has been the time of year in which that it came here. And so that we did have the opportunity to be outside and shift our focus a little bit instead of it happening in the dead of winter when you really can't leave indoors. Oh, amen. And amen again, because uh, being outdoors has been sort of my personal saving grace, even if it's just you know, taking a break from work and walking around the neighborhood, just the ability to kind of get some fresh air. And, um, I, you know, we had an absolutely beautiful spring. And I was thinking at some point on one of my walks, I wonder if it's always this pretty or if it's just that I'm actually able to really walk and appreciate it this year with a different kind of lens than, you know, a previous spring, because typically spring is a very busy time for us, as you might imagine, with Keeneland and the lead up to the Derby, and of course, happens with UK and graduation, and then we move right into Altec's uh, big one symposium, which is the biggest citywide convention that Lexington hosts in a year, and um, usually we're just running from one event to the next all spring long, and so this this spring was clearly very different and I was able to spend a lot of time you know taking those walks or jogs and it was beautiful and I really appreciated just how stunning you know the colors were. Now how do you guys plan for some of your events and things that are coming up um, in the fall say starting in like August September October? Um, is, is this a in general question or with COVID? Um, I guess maybe both, um, you know, planning ahead, but I think, you know, mostly with COVID, I mean, a lot of people don't, you know, it's an unknown territory. So I know people are trying to plan for things and, 
you know, you hear the statistics of, you know, it could have a resurgence in the fall. Right. Um, so it's just, I mean, I understand it's a very uncertain time, but you know, you still have to kind of plan ahead for some of those things. Right. Well, we are actively working right now um, with the leadership over in Frankfurt on trying to get a better handle, right, for, for how we do plan for those fall events. Very much wanting to be able to have some semblance of a normal fall. And for us in Lexington, as you might imagine, that that's definitely uh, driven by, in one aspect, driven by the, the activity at Keeneland. So the September sales um, followed by the October race meet. And then in this year, um, Breeders' Cup, which we were really super excited about having back in Lexington after a very successful 2015. I do think that Keeneland and Breeders' Cup both are uh, very much planning on a fall meet and a fall event. Now, whether or not there'll be spectators there or how that spectator experience will look, I think is still very much to be determined. Um, but I can tell you that there is that same level of creativity and thinking that is happening with respect to our fall events as we've seen with attractions and, and hotels and restaurants, you know, kind of reopening. And so um, we're very hopeful. And I think that we, you know, I could imagine a Kentucky Derby where it's not so much about the hat that you wear, but the mask that you wear as your must, as your go-to essential um, for Derby Day. And we'll see, we'll just see how these next few weeks go and, and whether or not we're able to do, you know, kind of a modified spectator experience attached to these um, key events that we've got coming in the, in the fall. I sure hope that we are able to do, um, I sure hope we're able to do some of those events with spectators, but I, you know, clearly a lot remains to be seen. Yeah, it's just such a weird, weird time to try to plan some of those things. But um, one other question I have, um, I know that it's great for people um, within the community to be able to, you know, check things out and see what's available to do. Um, could you maybe talk about, like, is it is it an option for maybe businesses or corporations to reach out and say, hey, can I plan a group event? I want to bring some team members down or things like that. Do you all offer those kind of services? We absolutely do. As I mentioned, we've got um, our convention sales department and they are always happy to help people plan meetings or events in Lexington. And one of the things that I think surprises people when they first start working with us is that our services are complimentary. So we basically can become um, your own personal little meeting planner assistant. If you're in the business of, of booking groups into cities, we are basically an extension of you and um, can provide a lot of insight in terms of venues and can work with you on getting your hotel room blocks set up and situated. We can help with um, ideas on breakout sessions and fun, you know, sort of social hours. We just have so many different resources that we can make available to someone who's planning a meeting or convention. And what we love so much is the folks that call Lexington home, um, we refer to them as hometown hosts. And so a lot of times when we're looking at recruiting a meeting or convention to the city, um, the meeting planner will say, well, who in your city belongs to this association? Who might help be a local connection point for us? And so we 
we really value the role of these hometown hosts and helping us book business into the city and then also being a good ambassador for um, driving attendance once the meeting is booked here. So um, by all means, if you're out there and you have an idea or you've got a meeting or group that you'd like to invite to town, um, absolutely go to our website. You can find our staff very easily and reach out to us because we would love to help you um, bring that event to life. Now, one other thing that I love is the hashtag share the Lex. Um, yes. I browse that all the time, but I use it for almost um, a lot, you know, most of the posts I do on social media, I always tag that share the Lex. Um, how can you, can you tell people how to do that and what all, um, you know, they could possibly see on there um, through Instagram or through social media? Absolutely. So the whole motivation behind launching Share the Lex several years ago was to, to really allow locals um, the opportunity to share with folks what they love about this city. And so it can be everything from fashion to food to um, beautiful scenery. Uh, it can be neighborhoods that have a particular charm. It could be, you know, piece of architecture. I mean, really and truly, it is a very wide net. And the idea was that if we all rallied around a singular hashtag, that it would make it so easy for the visitor to search and take inspiration for how they wanted to plan their perfect trip to the city. And I'm so pleased that it's had such a uh, you know, it's been so widely accepted and has been popular. I think many, many different organizations, institutions, small businesses, um, individuals across the community really do use the share the Lex hashtag on a regular basis. And I think it's just fantastic because it's just, it's a central place or a central way for those of us who care about this community and, and love it and want to share it to um, make it easy for the visitor to find the gems that give this city its distinctive flair. So switching gears, I have a question in regards to your opinion on employment in the hospitality industry. Yes. So I teach a class at UK, um, has nothing to do with decorating, it's on soft skills. And um, the students that I teach it to are retail tourism management students. So you have merchandising apparel and textiles, so folks that want to go into retail, but then also the hospitality management majors. Um, and actually one of my students uh, interviewed you in the spring semester. You were so kind to give up uh, some time and talk with him about your work. Yes. So yes. But anyway, so my question is specifically for students, uh, you know, coming out of school and trying to get into this industry, do you have any tips for them on, on how to go about this? Because to your point, you know, the jobs have been cut and things look very different than when they had started in that major. And so if you have any advice, I'd love to hear that. Well, I think that, you know, as we've said, it's been a tough spring for our industry. That being said, um, I do think people are eager to get back to um, back, back to normal, uh, even if it's a new normal and, and we have, you know, even if things look a little bit differently. And I think that there are going to be many hospitality jobs that will come back online as the industry starts, you know, in earnest, it's reopening strategies, at least here in Kentucky. And one of the things that I love about the travel industry, the hospitality industry, is that it's global. And so you're not really confined by any kind of geography. If you've always wanted to venture out and live in a different country or live in a different state, 
you know, you, you're going to have a hospitality pipeline um, no matter where you are. And so I think it provides a tremendous opportunity to, you know, celebrate being a Kentuckian and sticking close to home or also venturing out and, and seeing someplace completely different and living someplace completely different. Um, I think there are a couple of great resources out there uh, with respect to the whole job hunt. I'm a big fan of H careers, H's in hospitality careers. I think that's um, a really good place to check. I also think that my advice to students always is um, it's great to know what your long-term vision is or your long-term career goal, but it's more important that you just get um, experience. And so I know for myself, I, you know, clearly had to work my way up and I think that's a great, um, I very much appreciate the experiences that I had, you know, looking back when I was fresh out of college and that first job, you know, those were great stepping stones in terms of launching me into this career. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that time um, doing the grunt work at all. And trust me, there's still plenty of grunt work, even, even in this seat. So um, I would definitely encourage folks to, to take the jobs that come their way and use them as an opportunity to learn. Um, and sometimes it's just as helpful to know what you don't enjoy doing um, so that you can get really crystal clear on what it is you want to do. But I think that um, experience is worth a lot. So internships, entry-level jobs, I think there's just a great amount of um, good that can come from those experiences. Thank you. I think that is just helpful to hear from someone in the industry, you know, to encourage those that are trying to get into it. Absolutely. And you are so right about the hospitality industry and the way that the network stretches. Um, in that class, um, you will you serve on the the advisor advising board for that um, department, as do I. And then there, we have a woman from the Las Vegas Convention Center. Um, and so one of my students had planned to move out to Las Vegas to get a job. And so she interviewed her in class and that woman helped her find an apartment complex to live in, told her areas to avoid and gave her all these insights about Las Vegas that otherwise she would have had no idea, you know, moving from, from Kentucky. So that network really, uh, really is something. Yes, it's, uh, you know, it is very much as high tech as the industry has become and as much as technology is gonna continue to play a, a key role in the guest experience, especially in light of this virus, um, nothing will ever replace that, that the importance of the relationship. It's ultimately still a business that is about people and about serving people. And so those relationships that you can develop and those networks that you create, they're valuable. Um, to your point, just in, in providing, you know, friendly advice, but also sometimes that that's the very conduit to a job or a promotion. And so uh, it is very much a relationship business. And for me, that's one of the things that I really love so much about this industry is that ultimately it's got people at its heart. I mean, people are the very heart of what we do. And um, certainly the reason that we get up in the morning and uh, get out of bed and get going. So I think the relationship aspect of the business will be always paramount. 
Yeah, I agree. I could talk for days on relationships and business, but we won't. We won't get into that now. <laughs> um, well, Mary Quinn, everything you shared has been just so interesting. And I thank you so much for coming on with us. Um, we always end our podcast with two questions relating to your style. And so my question is, in a word or a phrase, how would you describe your personal home style? Cozy. Ooh, I like it. Do you care to expand at all or leave it at that? <laughs> well, so I live in a 1921, the house is almost 100 years old, a 1921 Tudor home in a downtown neighborhood. And um, for those who, you know, have studied architecture and know about Tudor homes, they are, they're not exactly like the grand Victorian homes. <laughs> you know, you also see in a lot of downtown neighborhoods, they're much cozier. And so when I got this house, when I, when we purchased this house and we were, you know, it was just empty and we were thinking about um, how we would move in and what we would bring and, and the furniture, everything about our decision-making process kept coming back to the fact that the house just feels really sweet and um, it, it has a coziness to it. Um, so therefore that has sort of driven, um, the style and it's interesting. My husband is, um, an urban planner and has a very, he, he definitely bends modern, whereas I tend to love all things sort of antique and, um, old and preserved and handed down. And, and so we had, a really fun little exercise of trying to combine our styles. <laughs> um, but I think what we landed on feels right. So it's, it's not that everything in this house is old and it's not that everything in this house is modern, but we've tried to do a good job of mixing the two together. And I just think the vibe itself is um, mostly one of being cozy. Okay. Now, you know, I'm going to ask you, what you consider to be your personal fashion style? Um, in a word, it probably could use a lot of help. No, um, I, my personal fashion style, I probably tend more toward a classic style than any other style. A classic style is always good. Yes. You never I mean, really while I don't have them on this morning, I would say four out of five days a week, I have on a strand of pearls. It's just my, it is my signature go-to necklace. And that sort of, it kind of goes from there, right? But the pearls have always been my, my favorite. A set of pearls can always set your outfit, that's for sure. Yes. And I'm very grateful that people like you um, are much better at identifying and spotting style because it makes it very easy for people like me so I really do enjoy it and I, I will be glad to get back back in yes. it and back back to some I guess my new normal but right. we really appreciate you joining us today Mary Quinn and I did want to touch base just real quick before we end um, how can people um, find you I didn't know if you wanted to go back over the web address or uh, maybe yes. your contact information if they had if anybody listening had any kind of questions absolutely so I think the easiest thing is um, just to put out our website address again visitlex.com 
And um, it's very easy to find us also on social media. So we're very active on uh, Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. Just look, just look for Visit Lex, you'll find us. And we do have some great videos on YouTube if you're looking for some inspiration. Um, if anybody is interested in reaching out to me directly, the go to the staff listing on the website. My email is right there. It's mramer at visitlex.com, but it's very easy to find from the website. And I would just tell folks to bookmark VisitLex and refer back to it often. We're constantly updating the content that we have on there. We've actually got a brand new site that's going to be rolling out later in July. I think it's going to be gorgeous and I'm really excited about all the things we're going to be able to do via the new site. And um, we do email marketing as well. So we'd love to stay in touch with you. Just, just get in touch with us and we'll continue to uh, keep you up to speed on all the great things happening in and around Lexington. I've definitely got it bookmarked now that I've been on and, and looked around because there's some Good. really great, great information on there. So um, we appreciate you joining us and we hope that anybody listening um, will definitely reach out and check out that website and get out and about um, in Lexington because it's a beautiful place to be. So thank you for joining us and thanks everybody for listening. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Speak Your Style. Join us back for our second season coming later in 2020.